Cheers! Welcome, Welcome to, to Movie, Movie Bitches. Bitches, our podcast, Let's Have a Kiki with Movie Bitches. I feel like we need a fan noise, like a... Oh, yes! Yeah. Instead of like a, a glasses clink, it should be like, cheers! So, this is our first shot at recording the podcast, not in a professional booth at Sundance. Exactly. So, hopefully it sounds okay, we're working on it, and we're doing our best. Yeah, so. hopefully it just works out, but if it doesn't, then we will, you know, it's a work in progress. We'll improve upon it, exactly. yes, but you can enjoy our, our silky, our um, silky, soft-spoken voices. The dulcet tones. <laughs> is that the dulcet tones of a tones glockenspiel? Tones of a Movie. Oh my god. This is our uh, the second episode, a very special mini episode of well, Let's Have a Kiki. I don't know how mini it's going to be. Oh boy, there are things to talk about. Excited to talk about it. I mean, I know I shouldn't care about the Oscars, but oh boy, do I love watching them. Wait, why shouldn't you care about the Oscars? Everyone's always, always out of date. Oh, I love the Oscars. But I genuinely enjoy them. Exactly. Like, you know, movies and fashion and all of the above. And it's yes, always a mess, it will, yeah, and it's always yeah. pretty fun. This one was a little less fun for me. Here's my thing. I had no real uh, no. skin in the game True. or expectations. So even though I might disagree with some of the decisions that were made, I'm not like irate because I didn't care before the show, so I don't care after. Absolutely. Yeah, I really just didn't give a shit this year. So it's kind of a relaxing watch, actually. Uh, good. Well, so we should say, so it's kind of fun. Avril and I both have different little traditions for the Oscars. Avril tends to have breakfast for dinner with yes. her family. We've got which waffles. Is super cute. Mm, I'm hungry now. Yeah, that's uh, pretty much our only tradition. It's, it's, waffles. I love it. Well, then normally I do an Oscars party where I make a dish for every Best Picture nomination. But this year, I went to some fancy parties instead. And I will say, it's a lot less work. Oh, well, yeah. And I'm kind of glad, of all of the years to have skipped, this was the best one because um, I did not know what I was going to do for these movies. Oh my gosh, I did see on Instagram that someone did peeps for my Oh, that's favorite. cute. I was just going to say, maybe I would make like some rabbit dish. A little bleaker. Yeah. But Well, so, okay, so there was no host. You know what? I'm going to say it now. Didn't Ugh. mind. I did liked you? it. Didn't care. It was so boring. I don't know. I like having a host. Someone to like... I mean, what? We missed a couple of jokes and Well, the thing is, like, when they're bad, then it's like, sure. Like, who was it last year he was bad? Jimmy Kimmel or something? I was like, I don't care. Who, who's who been good? Let's be honest. Billy Crystal. That was 20 years Whoopi ago. Whoopi Goldberg. Again. 15 to 20 years ago. Sure. I mean, Amy Poehler, like, that was, so it starts off, and Amy Poehler and Tina Fey and Maya Rudolph are there, and I was like, oh, good, so they are going to host, and then they weren't, but they did. No, I knew knew they were going to make a joke about it, Of course. But I would have loved for them to just stick around all the time and, like, comment on things. I mean, I think it gave the announcers, like, more broad strokes to, like, sure. do funny things and whatever. I honestly didn't miss it. I was, like, fine with it. It was fine. It was fine. It wasn't, like, a yeah. big deal. I like when the show is a little bit more of a production, you know, because... Oh, definitely. I mean, it started, and I was like, what's this weird portal that everyone's... What's happening with this, like, weird alternate universe portal? And here's Queen. Okay, what? Yeah. And Brian May's hair looks the same. I want to talk about Brian May's hair for a while. Oh, yeah. The crazy, crazy hair. It kind of set the mood for the night of like, well, Adam Lambert's no Freddie Mercury. And then it was like, and that was kind of the mood of the night. (laughs) 
let's all talk about Freddy like we were best friends. I'm kind of like, Ugh. yeah. They could have had more fun with the no host, like get Morgan Freeman to do all the commercial breaks or the oh yeah up next. Just have it be a, a an off screen voice that announces it, but it's like Morgan Freeman or something. That could have been fun. That would have been fun. I like that. Well, okay. so before we talk about the show, should we talk about the fashion? Yes, fashion. Pose, fashion, pose. pose. I mean, work the runway. Pose. pose. Well, speaking of pose, oh my god! I love that the biggest splash on the red carpet was a guy this year. That's so amazing. Yeah, that is. That's pretty fabulous. Billy Porter's like tuxedo gown. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, come on. If it was ever appropriate, (laughs) his tuxedo gown by Christian Siriano. Oh, really? Oh, it was so fabulous. I was really pleased overall with the amount of like, quote unquote, gender bending. You know, there was a lot more fabulous menswear and there was a lot of women wearing menswear and androgyny. There was a lot of variety, I thought. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It was impressive. I mean, I only got to see some of it because I had my own red carpet. In this Pee Wee Herman realness. Oh my gosh. Everyone keeps saying that. I was like, I don't know if that's a compliment, but I guess I'll take it. It's like, uh, you know, black tie Pee Wee Herman. Okay. Still not sure it's a compliment, but I guess I'll take it. I mean, I like Pee Wee Herman. Sure. I just don't know if you want anyone to tell you you look like Pee Wee Herman. I mean, the outfit. I don't think sure. you look sure. like him. Sure. Hey, Paul Rubens is fabulous. I mean, yes, yes, yes. So, yeah, I mean, I do. Th- I think Billy Porter was probably the biggest splash. There was no real standout mm. on like, oh, shit. But there was a lot of lovely outfits and, like I said, a lot of mixing of gender norms and all of that. So I was excited to see that. Sure. Well, so I turned on my TV to watch the red carpet pre-show and okay. there is Jennifer Lewis. Oh, my God. And Shangela. Yeah. <laughs> they, they were having a great time. They were having a blast, which is so much fun. And they looked, both of them looked gorgeous. Oh, yeah. Jennifer Lewis in this, like, bronze yeah. suit with all these huge, like, jewels, like, all over uh-huh. it. It was, like, jeweled shoulder pads. I was like, yes. yes. And then Shangela, oh, my God. My dad kept being like, is that her real hair? And I was like, no, that's a wig. And he's like, but, but like, the line, it's like, it looks so good. I'm like, yeah, it's a lace front, Dad. And he's like... <laughs> But it can't be. I mean, that, that's hair, right? And I'm like, I mean, it might be human hair, but it's 100% a wig. And he was just like, I, okay, I don't know. I, I'm going to get into it. Okay. <laughs> he, he could not fathom that it was a wig because it just looks so good. Good. I really like that. Fooling everyone with her wig line, apparently. Unclockable. Unclockable from my father. Yeah. <laughs> She's probably like the first drag queen to go to the Oscars or at least one of the first I mean I guess technically Matt Stone and Trey Parker came in drag so what are we talking about (laughs) remember when they came in drag oh yeah in the JLo dress and the Gwyneth Paltrow dress and apparently they were just like out of their minds high on acid which is that's right I remember hearing that some sort of altered state let's just say that high out of their minds loved it (laughs) so that was so fun to like they were the first ones I saw when I turned on the TV I was like oh Oh, my god yes perfect but they should have called Anna Lewis to host the Oscars well you have the personality you have the beauty you have the grace the professionalism the humor the charisma, child, please. And then I thought Constance Wu looked like super cute. She had that yellow dress on, like she looked like Belle from Beauty and the Beast, mm-hmm. except it looked good. Mm. I love that it was so much better than the than the than the goddamn three hundred million dollar from, movie or whatever. It was sort of a slightly more modern take on it. Like had this fallen sleeve. It was like really classic and beautiful. I'm like, yes. Oh, Are you gonna I'm gonna look, look it, it up? up. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, it's gorgeous. Oh, gorgeous. Oh, I love it. She just looks like ethereal and fabulous. Why wouldn't you do something like this even for Belle? It could have been fun where it's like, let's take a, do a different take on it. You know, it looks like a different take. And yet I love it. Exactly. Exactly. It's like, oh, it's still fabulous. Yes, exactly. This doesn't look like garbage. What happened? (laughs) I'm still mad about it. I'm still (laughs) mad. And then, um, well, speaking of the Crazy Rich Asians cast. Oh, my God. um, Aquafina. Michelle Yeoh. Oh, Oh, well, I was going to say. (laughs) Michelle Yeoh. I mean, she looked like the most beautiful princess. Just like fab you loathe. It's true. Burnout, sequined, just... Oh, yeah. it was so perfectly tailored to her. I fucking love her. She's amazing. And you know what's fun, though, is that, like, she's now getting the recognition yeah. that she deserves, you know? Oh, yeah. I've been talking about Michelle Yeoh for years. Oh, for years. But now and people are finally people... also talking about Michelle Yeoh. It's just really fun to sort of follow people on their journeys or whatever. Yeah. We'll get into it, but it's reminding me of, like, Olivia Coleman, who, like, I've oh. loved for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. And she has, you know, been plucked from obscurity, and I'm like, good for you. Yeah, she's having her moment in the sun. I mean, we'll Love talk it. about it, because there's feelings. We'll get into it. But, um, I mean, I'm perfectly happy for her. Yes. And then, well, so I, I liked Aquafina's look. Uh-huh. I liked that it was a suit. I liked that it was pink. I thought it could have been tailored a little better yes the pants were just a little too long and just a little too wide-legged and and the ruffles like it just could have been ever so slightly more flattering i agree but i was like here for all of the men's fashion on women this whole like amy polar like loved it except again like a few too many ruffles i was into what was i mean it was a night of capes that's for sure oh we will talk about (laughs) the capes there were so many capes. Yes. <laughs> Melissa McCarthy in this sort of structured tuxedo pant, but then this silky white, you know, top with like the full cape. And then, oh my God, Alice and Janney in that, again, like androgynous tuxedo gown. Did you remember that? Um, it was like somewhat matador, somewhat tuxedo. Oh, yes. Oh, I like it. She kind of looks like an envelope for the Oscars. Does that make sense? Yes. It's like if David Bowie and a matador and a <laughs> fabulous cunt were an envelope for the Oscars. Yeah. Yeah. I love her. (laughs) Oh, I mean, come on. Come on. So should we talk about Lady Gaga and her diamond? Holy shit. Well, so she had two different dresses that were very similar. She wore one dress on the red carpet that had a very sort of structured, you know, peignet sides, like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Big old hips, mm-hmm. but the same necklace and mm-hmm. hair. Mm-hmm. And then the performance. Oh, God, that tank top. I did not like the. The razorback. I wrote down, this looks comfortable, <laughs> it, it... <laughs> which isn't really what, you know, you think of when you yeah. think of Gaga at the Oscars. I mean, there's so much pressure on her to be like crazy and fabulous and over the top and whatever. So sure, I'm, I get it. But I was also kind of like, oh, that's what you wore. Okay. I think she's kind of moved on from like the crazy outfit phase. But you could still do like fashion. You know, sure. Know, you know, Especially from like, Gaga. That's what kind of what you yeah. expect. But So I'm sure she tried on every dress in existence. Yeah. But... I like the maybe, first one with the Maybe the this one was comfortable, you know? Yeah, well, this one definitely did look comfortable. I just did but not care diamond. for, like, the straps, the way that... Oh, my God, that diamond. Apparently, oh it's from God. Tiffany's, and it's, like, some insane, crazy thing. I mean, it, it was, like, the size of, a, you know, a mouse. It, it was fucking... It was huge. It's, like, the size of a walnut from the wife. Wait, from the wife? You, like, really didn't watch that movie, did you? Did he buy her jewelry? No. Oh, yeah, when he wrote, when he wrote on the walnuts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I did, but I thought we were talking about jewels. 
That was his thing, right? Ooh, I'm going to ride on walnuts. It was so sleazy. <laughs> Can we talk about Spike Lee? Yes. Like Captain Antonil and Prince. Oh my God. Yes. I mean, literally, he had like the, the prince, prince symbol. Symbol. I mean, I think it wasn't exactly that, but maybe it was. I think it probably was. Did you see him when he lost for best directing? He was like holding it, like kind of like rosary like, you know, like, yes. come on, baby, let's do it. And then when he lost, he looked so pissed. Oh, I can't believe he lost. You got it. <sighs> we'll get into it when we get there when we get there holy shit holy shit so the fashion mm-hmm. so regina king and regina king's leg yeah oh my god i love her so much her mom seems like the most fabulous person oh i know right oh that was so sweet oh. and she was sitting next like i love that she's sitting next to chris evans the whole time just like hey, oh, yeah, exactly also chris evans was looking like a snack Oh, yeah. I mean, I was excited. There was a lot of velvet suits. There was a lot of colors. You know, John Mulaney had that, like, rose kind of faded, you know, pattern tapestry suit. There was a lot of cool fashion for men. Yeah, there was. Well, and I even actually liked, I think that was the best thing about Jason Momoa. Oh, my God. Well, no. Okay. The best thing about Jason Momoa was that he had a matching fucking scrunchie. Did you see that? No. Oh, I So he's wearing, like, a full velvet millennial pink suit and then he had a velvet millennial pink scrunchie like 90s like big popping scrunchie oh on his God. wrist but oh on his and wrist and i lost my mind yeah on his wrist but he needed to put case. it in his hair because like his hair was Ugh. a mess and his beard was a disaster i mean that's like his thing he's I don't like, like it. he's like hot homeless oh it's like his look no i don't like it but i i died i died over that scrunchie it was the star of the oscars i swear to god oh my god it's like a huge it's fucking huge. 90s like crushed velvet yeah i love it scrunchy i love it i did sort of love that jason momoa and lisa bonet were like color coordinated matching like yes power couple i was like yeah yeah they were but we didn't talk enough i think about regina king no this beautiful white dress she looked oh, amazing she, she i mean she looked like a goddess you didn't see if beale street could talk did you No, i haven't seen it yet she was definitely the best part of that whole movie i mean i guess should we talk about it oh sure well, okay, so it's the director of Moonlight. So it's got a similar sort of like melancholy kind of meandering. It's very vibe oriented. Mm, yes. Which is not my favorite kind of movie always. I I like a plot, you know, I like a plot that's driving forward. Sure. And that's just a personal preference. But this was like real meandery for me. And it just, there was lots of scenes where I was like, I don't really care what's happening. And it was just really melancholy. Mm. Like it was just very melancholy and didn't really seem like a right now movie somehow. Interesting. And, you know, it's about this couple and they're going to get married and she gets pregnant and then he gets wrongfully accused of rape. You know, he gets profiled because he's black and goes to jail. And the whole movie is like them trying to get him out of jail. Mm. And Regina King is like her fabulous mom who's like, we're going to do this. But... Somehow, because like surrounding the whole Me Too and like believing victims, uh-huh. there was a weirdness. Like, and they describe in detail how horrifically this woman was assaulted. And so it's like, ugh, they don't show it, but they like pretty much go into detail. And you're like, oh my God, that's horrible. So she goes back to Puerto Rico to get her life back or whatever. And Regina King goes down there and tries to convince her to like retract her statement. And they have this whole like uh. confrontation. And you know, the woman essentially, I think word for word says, you're acting this way because, well, then you've never been raped. And you're like, ooh. And so it just had this vibe of like, I mean, 
Yes. Being wrongfully accused of rape, you know, as a black man is such like a thing that is very, very, very true. And like, there's so many people that are incarcerated for the wrong reasons. Sure. But then there was this whole like underlying like, but victim, like shaming, blaming. Yeah. And so it just was like, I think it was a not for right now movie. Interesting. Interesting. (laughs) Like it was bad timing in general. Sure. So, I mean, you know, that's just how I felt about it. But Regina King... Yeah. Fabulous. She was really, really, really fabulous. So there was that. Oh my God. And Richard E. Grant's like burgundy velvet suit tuxedo. Oh, so good. <laughs> Fucking love Richard E. Grant. I know you do. He's so fabulous. I had the time to watch one more Oscar movie before we recorded this. Oh, okay. And I was like, should I watch Green Book or should I watch Can You Ever Forgive Me? And I was like, yeah, I'm definitely going to watch Can You Ever Forgive Me? And I did. And it was great. Oh, good. Oh, good. It's on yeah. my list. I've been wanting to watch it because I heard it was good. It was really quite fabulous. Melissa McCarthy was amazing. Richard E. Grant was really, really... I mean, their their performances are really the main part of the movie. Mm. But, like, the plot was really interesting. And it was just a, sort of a... Just, like, a, a scene study on, like, loneliness and friendship and sort of making your way. And I really liked it. It was a good character study. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And it's, like, a, it's a female filmmaker, female writer, mm. which, you know, I'm always here for. So. You know, I actually really like Melissa McCarthy. And I'm glad that she's kind of breaking into a different... Oh, yeah. I mean, it showed her range, yeah. you know. I mean, I'm sure people maybe went and saw this movie were like, she's not, you know, being funny. She's like, meh, or whatever. Sure. She was so compelling. I mean... <laughs> They each, at the end of the movie, they each call each other, like, nasty cunts. And I was like, yeah, this movie's for me, definitely. (laughs) So I I would actually highly recommend Can You Ever Forgive Me? I really liked it a lot. Okay, cool. Notwithstanding my Richard E. Grant bias. (laughs) I really wanted him to win. I know, I'm sorry. We haven't talked about Glenn Close and Glenn Close's cape. Oh my god. And her golden golden cape. Oh my god. (laughs) Rolling up to the Oscars looking like an Oscar. (laughs) I was here for it. I'm I mean, I thought it was her. a lot of fabric. I thought it was like, like a, maybe a little too much fabric. You know what would have been fun is if the cape were lined in red or something. Ooh, she's the red carpet and the Oscar. Yeah, that would have been fun. But she looked fabulous. Yeah. Do you see that silly gif of her? She's looking at Billy Porter. Just being like, yeah. Oh my God, I love that. bitch. That's what her eyes are telling you. Good. I have to express it because... Since this isn't a visual medium, that's what her eyes were right, telling you. Right, right, right. Her finger might as well have been shaking. Yes. <laughs> I mean, this fucking suit gown. I just can't stop talking about it. Can't stop talking about it. He looked fabulous. It was, it was everything. Everything. Yeah. Definitely the winner. Yeah, he won the night. That's for sure. Yeah. That and Jason Momoa's uh, scrunchie. Oh my God, Jason Momoa's scrunchie. <laughs> it really did win the night. I mean, people aren't talking about it enough and I don't know why. And then I really liked Rachel Weisz's look. I thought it was really cool and different. It, I did not. You didn't like it? Um, it reminded me of Britney Spears. Oh my god, kind of. But like the Oscars edition. I like this sort of vinyl red, you know, 60s vibe or whatever. It was different. She's always doing kind of fashion risks. So I was into it. I wasn't like gagged, like this is my favorite yeah, thing ever. Fair. But I was like, yes, this is different. You're not just wearing, you know, like a strapless ball gown or whatever. Right. It was different and interesting. So sure. So there. I made my case for Rachel Weiss. But okay. it was a night of capes. Oh my God, it really was. <laughs> capes and pink. Pink was Helen a big Mirren. One. Oh my God, we haven't talked about Helen Mirren. I mean, I wasn't obsessed with it, but it was cute. I mean, I'm obsessed with her. I'm obsessed with her. with her, of course. Julia Roberts was in pink. Aquafina was in pink. Jason Momoa and Lisa Bonet were in pink. Capes and pink. And yet, no pink capes. Huh. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> so, Queen comes out, well, mostly, 
um, of this portal. I don't know how I felt about this. I was just sort of like, okay, sure. We're not going to have all of the nominated songs perform. Right. We're going to have Queen. I get it. Love me some fucking Queen. But I don't know. It just felt sort of unceremonious. I guess, you know, you're right. There was no host to be like, here we are. This is what we're doing. And here's Queen. It just sort of started. And it was like, oh, okay. Well, it's like, you know, normally they have like a host to like start off the whole thing and be like, here we are. It's the Oscars. And we're doing a number where we talk about all of the movies. Yeah. yeah. But like... I don't really care. <laughs> I mean, I get it. I'm just saying. I mean, you know, it's I weird see, then to just be like, and here's Adam Lambert. I see both sides. It was weird because it was like, and here's Adam Lambert. And, you know, he can sing, but Freddie Mercury, I mean, and I guess this is what other people were doing throughout the night, but he's just such a sort of precious soul to me that I was like mm. annoyed because that movie is so like watered down for him <laughs> right. and everything. And I was just like mad about it, but maybe it's not my place to be mad about it. You know, I don't know. I fucking love Queen. They're one of my favorite bands of all time. If not my favorite rock band of all time, like I fucking wow. love Queen. So <laughs> I did not see Bohemian Rhapsody because I just couldn't deal with it. Because it felt like, mm. it basically felt like Rockstar. Remember that that Mark Wahlberg? <laughs> that Mark Wahlberg movie? That's like, no. it's like trying to be real serious, but also it's like a full joke parody. What's happening? So I just, I could not bring myself to watch the movie. I've seen all the documentaries. When I found out it was PG-13, I was like, no, pass. Yeah. I mean, and then like, let's not even get into the whole Brian, Brian Singer, Singer thing. And yeah. like... The firing and the, you know, I just, it seems like a mess. You saw it. I did it's, see it. He was great. Yeah. You know, super happy for him. That's great. The movie was Rami Malik. Yeah, Rami Malik. Yeah. yeah. Not Brian Singer. I'm just, I'm just clarifying. <laughs> I'm just clarifying. Did it but, seem obvious? Like, oh, this is when they fired Brian Singer. Here's some scenes that don't match. It was just, the whole thing was kind of whatever. I just kind of let it wash over me, if that sure. makes sense. <laughs> I was sure. not like an engaged audience member. It was okay. just kind of like, oh, this was an experience that I just went through. Sure. You know, and, and like parts of it I really liked, but I didn't I mean, find it to Queen's be I mean, Queen's music is undeniable. So. Well, and that's the thing. Basically watching like a heavily produced you know, fake concert footage of Queen. Like, yeah. You know That's what I mean? what's weird is that it's like, you guys, I would have just preferred to watch Queen. Exactly. That's why I always am a proponent, at least for this subject matter. Just watch the documentaries. There's a bunch of them. Sure. I mean, I'm still sad that we never got to see the hard R Sasha Baron Cohen version because that would have been amazing. Oh my God. That would have been. I mean, like we've said in, in other things, the fact that Sonia the white swan right? had harder sex scenes had more anal sex <laughs> like what's happening had anal sex at all <laughs> <laughs> i'm assuming because i did not see the film but pg-13 oh oh no, no, no i mean yeah exactly no does he have sex with anybody no i mean i think they, they like imply everything you know it's like sure. oh and then and then, and then they fell asleep and woke up the next morning. They were shirtless or whatever. It's like, come on, you guys. <laughs> Does he make out with a guy? They, like, kiss. Okay. I don't Does even he... think we could call it making out. Okay, like, do they, they do a little kiss. I don't even kiss. remember. Do it they do drugs? So blah. They have, like, a, uh, a smoky house party in Berlin oh or God. something. And it's like, uh, okay, we get it. He's on drugs and, and drunk. It was all, like, painted as, like, sad. Like, oh, what have you become? You know, I don't like that. I think that's why the movie really needs to show the fabulosity and then how it 
slides down into not fabulous, you know? Exactly. And they never really did that. So that sucks. Yeah. So yeah, that's why I didn't watch Bohemian Rhapsody. Well, I'm I'm happy with my choice. I think you're fine. We are not your host this year, but if we had hosted, it probably would have gone like this. Hey, Chadwick Boseman, Wakanda plans you got later. We are not your hosts. <laughs> we are we are not your hosting. But if not we were, host. it would look if something we like this. I mean, I love that they're like half-assed. We're not really hosting was like better than it was most, fabulous. Most hosting. Jobs. I loved it, and I wanted it to go on all night. These spanks are so tight; they've entered my Spider Verse. Rome is on Netflix. What's next? My microwave makes a movie. Vice won for hair and makeup for transforming Christian Bale. I didn't see Vice. It seemed like depressing. too depressing. Like I was like, I'm already on the side of the movie that like I'm already there. Right. I I already know that it was a disaster and a mess, and like I don't I don't want to know more about it because it's okay. just gonna make, make me depressed and mad. I get that. I you know you have to do you have to do you. I'm intrigued. I've heard it's really good and it's on my list. I want to see it. I just this year was rough. I did not have time to see all of the movies. It seems like you know Adam McCabe. He's got his own genre style, kind of almost like it's like comedy drama, like Scorsese edited. I don't know. He sort of takes from a lot of different people. He did um Big Short. Right. So it's like that kind of vibe. I don't think I actually ever saw Big Short. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. I'm sure that Vice is very good. I'm just like, I'm already depressed about the state of the world. I don't need to be depressed about the state of the world, you know, 15 Back, years ago or whatever. Right. <laughs> the horrific war crimes that we all disagree. Anyway, let's, let's move on. Let's move on. Yeah. But hair and makeup. I was bummed. So I went and saw Stan and Ollie, the Laurel and Hardy biopic that nobody saw because it right. was literally made for me and my grandma. <laughs> and that was kind of the funny part about the movie was like the movie was like about how they had been forgotten sort of. I really liked it. So it's Steve Coogan and John C. Riley, and they were both fantastic. And they fucking transformed John C. Riley into Oliver Hardy. It, it was insane, you know, because wow. he had a very distinct fatness, to put it bluntly. <laughs> okay, he just, he did. He had a very distinct look. And they had all these close ups on his face. I mean, and it, his voice still felt very John C. Riley, but like it didn't look like him at all. It was crazy. So I would have hoped they would have at least gotten a nomination for that. Yeah, it's weird to me that it was just three. Yeah, I feel like that happens sometimes. It does. And, and, and I just like, don't eh. get it. Because this was fabulous. I was very impressed. On the surface, it's like, oh, do we need another biopic about, you know, these two white men? But I really thoroughly enjoyed Stan and Ollie, and I think you might like it too. It's sort of about their later years after their popularity had waned and they were Mm. doing this tour all through the British Isles in these like little podunk theaters that are half full and they're like trying to kind of you know restoke the fire of their fame and stuff interesting and it's just like a real deep personal look at their friendship and how close they were but how you know different they were and flawed and and halfway through the movie uh their wives show up and Uh they're both fabulous cunts oh my God. <laughs> like the way they interact they're almost a comedy duo like oh the t- like one of them's all uptight and whatever and the other one's like russian just like no nonsense you know telling it like it is and they just sort of clashed love it. and they really became the second stars of the movie for me and i was like a hundred percent all of this i love it but no i really i would really recommend it it's definitely not you know subject matter for everyone but oh boy was it catnip for me oh my gosh i love it i mean that and, sounds fun to me so yeah and steve coogan of, of course. I really like him. I do too. And he nails Dan Laurel. Oh. Holy shit. Like the voice. Because Stan would, you know, put on this little facade whenever he was doing sort of his little clown character. Mm. And 
it was interesting to see Steve Coogan play Stan Laurel and then play Stan Laurel the character on in movies. Sure. And, and it like switched so subtly it was very interesting that but is. that's again something that maybe i would only notice well, that's pretty cool though i mean like yeah. that's good acting <laughs> it was i mean honestly i'm i wish both of them had been nominated they were both fabulous oh my gosh so then melissa mccarthy comes out oh my <laughs> and i just died this queen and stuffed rabbits my dad laughed so hard he started choking we had to pause oh my god um, <laughs> Did he see he just, the movie? He just thought it was no, hilarious. He, he had no context. Oh my God, I, I love it. And he also did not say, why does she have all those rabbits? He just laughed and laughed. Oh my, oh my God, I love it. <laughs> and I was going to be like, you know, he, she's doing a joke on Queen Anne and the rat. I was it, like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. You enjoy the comedy. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> but this was so fabulous. It was. It was. It was so oh fun. This train full of, of stuffed rabbits. rabbits. Oh. And then her little puppet hilarious and then black panther wins for best costumes Fuck yes, yes. I, I was so gonna excited if anything else won even though there were some fabulous costumes in all of them i was like yeah, yeah like looking back you know watching all the clips again i was like um yeah like black panther was fucking rad with the costumes. oh my god yeah i mean it was obviously but it's been so long since i saw that movie re-seeing the clips i was like oh a hundred percent this has been a long time coming <laughs> She gave a lovely speech. Yes. And then it was production design. And Black Panther won for that, too. And I thought, oh, this was such a powerful speech. I stand here stronger than I was yesterday. I stand here with agency and self-worth because of Ryan Coogler. She just profusely thanked Ryan Coogler, the director. Yeah. And every, everybody really seemed to be. Um, and I don't think he was there because they didn't I don't think so because this is what's fucked up about this nonsense. He, that he wasn't nominated for directing? Well, he wasn't nominated for directing and he wasn't a producer. He didn't get a producer credit on the movie. So he oh. wasn't nominated for anything. That's so fucked up. So I don't know if he was like, well, fuck this then. I'm not going. Well, or he was busy. Let's not put words in his mouth who knows who knows but like the amount of i think more than any other director he like everyone that won for his movie was like holy shit ryan you believed in me like you were my champion she was so incredibly moved and i think hers was probably the most like emotionally powerful speech i agree she thanked rachel morrison who was the cinematographer and i had forgotten oh. that she was a cinematographer for black panther because she was nominated last year for mudbound oh, the same wow. cinematographer and i was like what the fuck she didn't get nominated for black panther what the fuck is this yeah instead uh alfonso Caron got his fourth award oh my god well for i mean you heard about this right his his usual dp wasn't available so he was like well i'll just do it oh my god <laughs> Now he has an Oscar. I mean, I'm sure that the cinematography for Roma was beautiful, but it just made me laugh that he was like, I'll do it. Totally. <laughs> of all the things that I've heard about Roma, because I still I haven't watched it either. I don't particularly have a desire, but, you know, that's just me. I don't know. Yeah, I keep on going like, oh, I should watch it because I do really like Alfonso Cuaron. I uh-huh. think he's a, like an interesting storyteller and filmmaker. Pretty much whenever I bring it up, I would say 80% of people are either like, it's fine, or it wasn't that good, or <laughs> I didn't like it. And then there's like 20% of people that are like, oh my God, it's the most amazing movie I've ever seen in my entire life. Right. Well, I don't know if I really believe that. Well, I mean, it it spoke to them. Sure. You know. Sure. I haven't seen There's a lot of movies that I like that nobody nobody cares about. But I did. But everyone said that the cinematography was beautiful. Can you believe? I, this was the biggest shock of the night. 
when they're announcing Best Production Design. This is the first Oscar nomination for Hannah Beekler. She is the first African-American to be nominated in this category. Was the first African-American to ever be nominated in this category? My mouth dropped. Yeah. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? It's insane. But that's like cinematography last year. Oh, yeah. I just, I don't know, like... And maybe this is my assumptions, like cinematography, I really look at as like, yeah, boys club, you know what I mean? And somehow production design, That's I, fair. I just would have thought there would have been more minorities and more women in there. And so I was just like, what? So yeah, that's anyway, crazy. Co- color me shocked, but hey, broke that record. Oh boy. And then Jennifer Hudson's tuxedo gown as well. Yes. So many tuxedo gowns. That was the so thing. Many. Tuxedo gowns, pink and capes and capes yeah. and scrunchies. Yeah. Well, just the one. Just the one star scrunchie, really. I don't know. It wasn't... I didn't really like the song. You know, it has all the markings of a song I'd like. It's like Diane Warren and uh, Jennifer Hudson is about RBG, all of that stuff. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I was like, eh. But her outfit was fabulous. Well, there you go. I would say in general, the uh, performances, aside from Lady Gaga's, no offense, Bet. I mean, I love Bet, but like... I mean, I loved it. But it, was, it wasn't, like, show-stopping. It was not, like, a real moment for me. Shallow was mostly because I was like, are they about to make out? Are they going to make out right now? Are they Are they going to fuck on this piano? Thank you. I was in waiting for it to happen. In front of his wife? Right. In front of his wife. Who I confused with Charlize because they have the same haircut. Oh, my God. I think Bette was obviously the second best performance for me. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. And I, and I, and I love seeing her. And it was that, that was the best song from... Mary Poppins Returns, I think. It was certainly, that was their, like, um, you know, feed the birds. But it, it wasn't was the most emotional. Good. But yes, song. exactly, exactly. I love me some bit. Oh, of course. She looked great. I'm oh, obsessed yeah. with her. She's, She's fabulous. fabulous. But yeah, it wasn't like a concert, you know. And having, like, fairly recently just watched the Grammys, it was like, yeah. Right. And I, I guess to me, that's what they didn't seem to understand. You know, their goal was just to make the Oscars shorter. And it's right. like, but you guys, if you make it entertaining, then we don't care if it's long. Exactly. Pour some production value into this. It, and that's what I was saying. Like, that's yeah. why I like having a host who's like particularly Broadway-esque type host who's going to be like, let's put right. on a song and dance and a show. It makes you more excited about the movies and about the red sure. carpet and all of the, the, the glamour and spectacle of it you know know? what i would say have somebody do an opening number and then don't have a host there you go i mean you could do that too well that was like so when queen came out i mean not to keep bringing it up but when i went to see kiss in concert oh my god it was like out of control the highest production value blew my mind like honestly it was insane and so maybe everything's just gonna pale in comparison that's a burden you have to bear now it's a burden i have to bear oh boy but when queen came out and it was just sort of like a normal you know like we're performing this song. Like, I was like, oh. Yeah. I mean, I get that it's not the Tonys, but like, come on, you yeah. guys, you can still put some effort into this. So it did feel a little underwhelming in that in that department, except for Shallow, which we will um, get into heavily. Oh, my God. Can we talk about James McAvoy? I want to talk about James Yes, James McAvoy. The utter silence of space in first mind. He came out and I was like, I really like him. Well, and he, him and um, Michonne from Walking Dead and um, oh. the main guard lady in Black Panther. The oh, ball, yeah, the yeah, ball yeah, lady. yeah, 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 yeah. I always mispronounce her name, but she looked fabulous. Yes. Um, in this like golden strapless black, but they were having so much fun together. But then, you know, Bohemian Rhapsody won for all that uh, stuff. And I was like, whatever. I mean, maybe th- was the sound design nice? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure they had to like, because it was Freddie singing, right? 
Oh, that is actually really fair. It was actually, no, 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 no. This is kind of interesting. So I guess this makes sense. So it was not exclusively Freddie singing. It was a blend of like Freddie, like 70% or something. Yeah. This guy from like Canada, I think, who is like a sound alike. I was like, it sounds like a good impersonator. Sure. But, you know, it doesn't sound like... I mean, he like... had the voice of a generation, Andrew. Well, exactly. You just, you just you can't. Can do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was pretty good. So I guess they did a mixture of the impersonator, 5% maybe, of Rami. Right. And then... Um, Some, a couple of grunts from Rami or something. Ex- sure, sure. And then and the then majority, Freddy. I guess, of Freddie. But, but so they yeah. did blend it all together. So, so I guess in that way, technically, and, you know, the final product sounded cool. So sure. Right. But then didn't um, Damien Chazelle win? Didn't they, they win something? They won visual effects. Oh, visual effects. Yeah. Right. I didn't see that. I didn't really have a I, desire to. You know, when I found out it was Damien Chazelle's new movie, I was like, I'm cool. Yep. I, that was I'm, me too. I said, oh, I, and I'll pass. That's just where I'm at. Yep. Even though a kind of deep dive NASA film... That does Ryan seem right up Gosling your alley. Is right up my alley. But then I heard that it was not very good. And but you know, was... I also kind of need a break from Ryan Gosling right now. I'm okay. I haven't seen him in a while. What since like Blade Runner? It's yeah. been a minute. Oh my god, did you see that Amy Adams brought her mom and her two sisters? I was like, that's a power move. Getting three plus ones. Yeah, shit. And I think maybe her husband was there too. I was like, shit, Amy Adams. Well, she probably had like a producer credit and stuff too. So since oh, okay. it got nominated for all those things, then she probably was like, cool. Plus one? Plus That'd be one, my, plus that, one. That would be my guess. Well, did you see, who was it? Someone was like, who was like making out with his wife or girlfriend or whatever. And then was like, my mom's out here somewhere in the back row. And I was like, really? Wasn't it Rami? Yeah, I think it was Rami. Yeah. Well, it We'll talk about it. I was okay. confused. We've reached Daniel Craig and Charlize. Oh, my we're, God. We're there. Oh, my God. So I don't know what they're... T- I hope they're trying to tell us something. That, like, the universe is not controlled by Satan. Can't you save us, Britney Spears? Can we be saved? God, why is Satan controlling the universe? Like Juliet Lewis, <laughs> Juliet might, Lewis might have said. Yeah. Or no, maybe the universe is controlled by Satan and he's a rebel. Who's hail Satan. Hail Satan who is going to, <laughs> now that's recorded forever, who's going <laughs> to, you know, go against the grain and hire exactly. Charlize as the new Bond. Exactly. If Hail Satan taught us anything, it's that, you know, we should work against the system. Daniel Craig and Charlize come out and they're playing the, you know, the James Bond theme yes. and we were like passing the torch. Ah. I hope so. I mean, she, I did not care for this look. Although when she turned around and I saw the back, I was like, oh, I get it more now. I think it wasn't her color. No. And it could have been just nipped in here and there. It just looked a little bit, not quite perfectly tailored to her body. Mm. Um, and I don't know if I like her with dark hair. I don't think I do. Yeah. this it, She looked like, you know, Zoe Lister-Jones or something. Yeah, like she kind of did. St. Vincent or something. Like, it was that look. And I just don't know if that's her look. You know what else? What it, it, the, the neck was so high. Mm. And she was so covered up with the sleeves. She likes like, to have her back out. She likes a back moment. And you know, like, I, I, you know, I, like, like Hillary Swank, you know. I'm down back for that. Out. I think I just might have preferred if the sleeves weren't there. Of course, she's Shirley. She looks fabulous. But it was a yeah. little, you know, off for me. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's the hair and the haircut. It's too severe. I think someone had said if this had been on Helen Mirren, I would have been like, Oh my God, like, yes. Yes, because it's oh more God. her colors and it's stuff true. It would have been fabulous. It's true. I mean, yeah. really, Helen Mirren can pull anything off. What are we talking about? Uh, literally, I mean, Helen Mirren is just 
Oh my god! And then I thought Mike Myers and Dana Carvey were super fun, even oh, though gosh, seemed, they looked so old though. They looked so old, but I was still happy to see. I'm always happy. To I mean, them. totally, totally. It was really more just like for me being like, oh my god. Well, Dana Carvey is looking more and more like Paul McCartney, and Paul <laughs> McCartney is looking more and more like Angela Lansbury. It's a weird, <laughs> it's a weird thing. Well, so then, other than Jason Momoa's crunchy, I think my favorite moment of the night was when period end of sentence one. Oh, I know. Oh my god. When she was How just like, "Was that?" I'm not crying because I'm on my period or anything. <laughs> I can't believe a film about menstruation just won an Oscar. That's the highlight. That's it, the clip they're going to play for years and years and years. Absolutely. I hope so. I hope so, Manila too. Luzon, you are vindicated. Right? There was a lot of women up on stage. There was a lot of women of color up on stage throughout the night. Yes. So I was really happy about that. So even though, you know, they kind of shit the bed by the end of the ceremonies, I was like, I was, I kept being very like, oh my God, there's more women and there's more women and there's more people of color. And like, this is so fabulous. That's so, true. You know, I think we can't just tag it all to one to one award, even though it was a mess. Even though it was I like a mess. That, I like that we haven't. I think maybe we should go through the entire episode without actually saying the the words, saying yes. the movie. Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen it, so I haven't either. <laughs> so then the lights turn down. Oh my god! And all these stagehand PA's start rolling out a piano and microphones and what's going on and then i laughed so hard when bradley cooper and lady gaga just like got up out of their seats like and here we are i was like what i was shocked she didn't have a costume change shocked but oh my god i mean what if they had just fucked on that piano that'd be crazy (laughs) i was waiting for it it would have been more r-rated than bohemian rhapsody for sure (laughs) I think this performance might have been more R-rated. Honestly, yes. I think there was more sex in this performance than there was in (laughs) Bohemian Rhapsody. (laughs) Well, okay, so I'll give I'll give him this. You know, Bradley Cooper. He got up there. He sang first. I thought he sounded good live. He had his moments. He had some pitchy moments. Well, she had a moment. Well, they both did, yeah. But then they had a moment together. Oh my god! (laughs) It was so much eye contact. Every time she's saying, reach the ground or whatever, mm-hmm. she couldn't say, like, reach. I mean, this was, like, the most obviously intimate for many reasons. The lighting. The... Did you say intimate? Oh, did I say intimate again? Didn't yeah. we talk about this earlier? Yeah, What's when did that on? just happen? Well, I had said intimate earlier, and I said it's mints for when you're being intimate. Yeah, mm-hmm. what, was that earlier today? I think it was just when we were talking on the phone. <laughs> Okay, okay. I couldn't remember. I don't think it was recorded. (laughs) But now now it is. I mean, I think Intimates could really be a big seller. Yeah, I don't see why that doesn't exist. No, I mean, I I agree. I think that this was, like, clearly the most memorable performance. Not just because it was like, well, are they about to fuck? But, you know, the song has just that built-in... Yes, where I mean, people didn't seem to remember or see. I guess maybe because it was our Stars Born review, not enough people oh, have seen right. our Stars Born review. Yeah, go but, watch um, it. Yeah, but there's that thing in the song where the notes shift and it goes from like you know major to minor or whatever, and it just gives you the tingles. Um, right, and it and it did that. I I got the tingles. Um, oh, they gave you the tingles. Was your giny tingling because of this performance, Andrew? Oh no! What is happening? <laughs> Haven't you remember that South Park episode when the Jonas Brothers were really popular, but they were all into promise rings? Oh my! Oh my God! Yes! Oh my and God, it was all the rings. little like five-year-old girls who were obsessed with Jonas Brothers, and they kept being like, "My giny tingles." <laughs> so, oh my God! So, how 
drunk slash high do you think Samuel L. Jackson and Brie Larson were? Sometimes. We're not it winging it. We're not winging it. We but need words. Bad. We need words. The latest. <laughs> <laughs> like, what was that? Yeah. So, like, obviously, it's exciting for Gaga that she won an Oscar. Yes. Um, we all know, knew she was oh, going to win this one and not the other one. Right. I mean, I knew. You know, it's funny. Like, I would have been down for her to win if it weren't for Glenn, which then turned out to not even matter. <laughs> I wouldn't have. I'm glad that Olivia won. I mean, I'm glad that Olivia won, too. And she was great, and the speech is great. We'll talk about it. But Gaga got her Oscar. And, you know, what's exciting is that I think she is a good actress. Yeah. And I really liked that movie. Like, I forgot about it. Watching... I really, I really, yeah, watching it back, I really liked the first hour, whatever, until yes. it fell down off a cliff. Yeah, once um, What's-His-Face showed up. and Basically, was... once Dave Chappelle showed up, yeah. it was like, what's this? And yeah. then it was like, ugh, ugh yeah. kill me, depressing. Yeah, you almost said kill me, and then you realized uh, yeah. that it's a movie about suicide. I almost and said like, kill Ooh. myself depressing, and then I was like, oh, <laughs> oh God. you know, please... Please take care of yourselves, everybody. Anyway. So, yes, she wins. It was fabulous. She was overcome with emotions. She yeah. gives a nice speech. I was, was still waiting for her to say there could be 100 people in Oh, room. my God. Like, I was like, yeah? Uh-huh. You gonna it. Say it? Are you going to say it? Do it. Because I think it would have been so self-effacing and funny and amazing if she exactly. had. Bradley, there is not a single person on the planet that could have sang this song with me but you. And like point, like point at Bradley. Just be like, one person, one person Bradley believes in you. Oh, oh it would have been so amazing. Do we need to talk about the In Memoriam? I don't know. It wasn't a particularly good one. And I felt like... I mean, are they, they ever, are they ever good? Sometimes you're like really moved. Sure. It was definitely bland. It just felt like perfunctory, you know? you know? Yeah, like, and here we go. Let's wait the two minutes. They didn't show a lot of fun clips. They didn't Exactly. Like, it didn't build, you know, and like rise and fall. You know, I kept kind of waiting going, God, who's going to be the last, you know, the last one's always the biggest one. Right. And it was Albert Finney. And I was like, I mean, yes, fully. But like, I feel like Penny Marshall, they really could have made it a moment. I know. It's just by the year. Not like in between, because I, I was mean, like, oh, because Stanley Donnan just died, but they probably couldn't get it in there in time. I guess not. Yeah, it was already locked yeah. off. I think it'll be next year's. Right, right, right. I know, and I was sad about William Goldman. He's my favorite writer, but Aww. oh my god! But then Barbara comes out in oh a my sparkling god. beret, and I was like, yes, and this Norma Desmond realness. <laughs> yes, I was really enjoying this. I mean, it was wacky, but I liked it. I, I mean, I was just enjoying her. It was know? very Barbara. It was very Barbara. Spike Lee, we're both from Brooklyn. We both love hats. <laughs> <laughs> so silly. Spike, we both love hats. Okay, we've arrived. Rami Malek and his speech. Well, so first of all, okay, so they're announcing all the Best Actor nominees. And they show Rami Malek and the woman sitting next to him. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know Rami Malek and Emma Roberts were dating. Oh. <laughs> They look the same. Yeah, they do. That's fair. It's Lucy Boynton, who I guess is like the girl in Bohemian Rhapsody. I haven't seen it, but apparently oh. she's in the, in Bohemian. She's like his the yeah lady? the friend slash I don't whatever. know slash lover. Well, speaking of, so yes, yeah, so Rami wins. Oh my god! And gets up there. No, before and... he gets up there, he full on just makes out with her for like a good long time. Oh right, they were getting into it. It was like, what <laughs> is happening? They got just so turned on by by Lady Gaga that yeah, know. it was like so they were like, you know, we have to release this tension. Bradley and her couldn't kiss, so we have to. Yeah, kiss. I don't know. And at this time, I was like oh emma roberts good for you <laughs> i swear to god they look the same <laughs> sure. and i even thought wow 
Emma Roberts really looks better as a blonde. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but yes, Rami wins and gets up there. And, you know, I mean, I don't... It's hard, you know, I don't think he meant any... It was a perfect encapsulation of the problem with the movie, right? That he says... Yep. Freddie Mercury, you know, um, an immigrant, a gay man. I don't actually you know, know blah, if blah, he blah. ever said Freddie Mercury. And we made a film about a gay man. It was weird where he was like just referring to this like third. This per- other being. Yeah. I don't, I like yeah. honestly, I'm not sure if he ever said Freddie Mercury or even Freddie. Like it was weird. Yeah, Playing you're this right. This role like, of like this a, role a gay was man. so and important. Like, what are you yeah. talking about? I thought you were in Bohemian Rhapsody. Well, yeah, so first and foremost, Freddie Mercury was a bisexual man. Basically, like, his speech was, like I said, the encapsulation of what is wrong with that movie. Like, let's, like, cut out all the sort of rated R stuff, all of the sort of non-PC things, and just sort of make it sort of a general, you know, I don't know. It's like, you know, it's like a movie that, like, your your parents are going to watch and be like, oh, I love Queen. And you're like, okay. Mm -hmm. You know, all right. (laughs) It was audience friendly, right? Is what I would say. And, you know? and the whole point of Queen's music, I feel like, is that it's subversive. It's like exactly. twisting things and yeah, taking things and doing the opposite, or like being outlandish, or you know, all that. Stuff. And, and that, that was Freddie. Like, so it's like that was Freddie, and so it's like, what are we even doing? It just seems so annoying. Yeah, I get. Like, it. I was just, I was just so annoyed. <laughs> but anyway, apparently he was very good at acting. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I'm not going to get over it. Like, it's not for me. Sure. It's, it's, just, it's just not. Sure. I mean, who would you have preferred to win? I mean, I like, I, I didn't really care. Right. Because I didn't see Vice, even though I heard Christian Bale was good. Sure. I didn't see Green Book, even though I heard Viggo Mortensen. No, actually, I heard Viggo Mortensen was good from the producers that said he was good. But from right. outside opinions, apparently he's playing, like, Super Mario Brothers. Like, he's like, I am Italian. Oh, God. Apparently. I don't know. Again, I have not seen the movie. Me either. And then who else was not Willem needed? Dafoe and Bradley Cooper. Oh, right. Willem Dafoe. No one saw that movie, even though I loved him. Yeah. And like, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not really giving it to Bradley. So I was like, you know, it was a weird choices, I guess. Like maybe they should have picked other people. Well, sure. I mean, yeah. Steve Coogan and and John C. Riley. Hello. They can split the vote up against each other. Oh no. See, that's the problem. That's what happened to Portman. That's the problem. Well, and what I heard was, the main thing I heard about Bohemian Rhapsody was, he's the best part. His performance is the best part of the movie. Oh, absolutely. So, you know, I'm not like mad about it, but it was frustrating that they they kept talking around the queerness of it all. Actually, it kind of reminds me of um, Tom of Finland, the, the Tom of Finland movie that you oh, didn't really? see. No, I didn't You're see fine. It. it was bad. I'm fine. It was really bad. And actually, that was similar too. Like the fact that there's crazier sex scenes in the Sonia Henny biopic Again. than there is in the Tom of Finland biopic. That's next level. Like that's next level. It's like insane. Crazy. I mean, maybe we liked Sonia the White Swan more than we thought. Oh, I definitely liked that movie until it got super long and boring, but yes. Oh, yeah, because we didn't talk about it, so we hadn't seen it when we recorded Sundance Special. Loved the first hour. It was like some combination of like Boslerman's Gatsby, but also just like a biopic and like the music was crazy and it was like over the top and rated R and she was a fabulous cunt and it was like old Hollywood and I was like, yes, ice skating. All of it. And then... The last 45 or so was just like real bummer depressing. Like, let's just keep lingering on how sad it is that she sort of drank her life away. Yeah. And I just think it could have been paced better. So I agree. I think the pacing... for the first hour fucking loved it. And then it it. just kind of meandered and got sad. Yeah. I don't know what happened to it. I hope that it gets released at least. They should, 
re-edit the third act. They really need to. If they cut 15 minutes out of that movie, it'd be fucking fabulous. I agree. But anyway. But anyway. Yeah. But um, no, it reminded me of the Tom of Finland movie where, so the, the Tom of Finland movie had a straight director and straight actors. What the fuck? And it was just yeah. like. I mean, at least Bohemian Rhapsody had half a gay director. Sure. Oh God, though. But like, <laughs> yikes. But you know, it's like you got to get someone who understands and like, really appreciates. Not that they can't, I guess, as a straight man, like that doesn't. Well, it's a lot of this evening's winners mm-hmm. later on mm-hmm. had the vibe of stay in your lane somewhat, mm-hmm. you know, but also I want to be inclusive and let everyone tell the stories they want to tell, but then hire people around you that have had that shared experience sure. or that can be a person that te- like keeps you on track or like, well, that wouldn't really be what it was or how it happened or whatever. Yeah. Surround yourself with people that do know. Yeah. It's like that woman said in that speech, she's like, you know, women and people of color just make the stories better. They just make it better. And it's true. But so I guess the gag of the night, best actress. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Poor Glenn. (laughs) I mean, she'll be fine. Glenn's great. She's living her best life. She's fabulous. We haven't talked about this, but um, I love that she brought her dog on stage at the Independent Spirit Awards. Also, that picture of her that Juliet Lewis posted. Yes. That pink suit. Oh my my God. God, Yeah. Oh my God. With the dog. I was just like, yes. Glenn, you... Kind of wish she'd worn this pink suit to the audience. I agree. Also, it would be on theme. It would be on theme. Suits. Pink and it's a suit. (laughs) Give it a little capelet and you're you're ready to go. Exactly. A little pink scrunchie to go with it. But no, so the gag of the the night, Olivia Coleman wins Best Actress. Mm -hmm. Well, we haven't really talked about Coleman or Goldman? Col... 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 (laughs) (laughs) We don't know where we are until we put our last name pronounced. No, Coleman, Coleman, who everyone was asking, like, oh, is she on Fabulous Cantata? And I was like, guys, she has been there for years. Oh, yeah. I have been Olivia Coleman's champion for years, <laughs> ever since Peep Show. If you haven't watched Peep Show, it's this really funny British TV show um, that she's on. So anyway, yes, yeah, so gagged, Olivia wins, Glenn, the favorite, the far and away favorite to win. Yeah. But I thought of all the people that would have won over her, I'm so glad it was Olivia. Oh, yeah. And that performance was fabulous. Sometimes I just really wish I could be this delightfully, self-deprecatingly British. I just really, really do. Oh, my God. This is hilarious. (laughs) Gone Oscar. (laughs) Like, it just pours out of them. Just like the... That's just like, oh my god, like it could it could have come off so wrong when she's like, Glenn, you know, like I've been looking up to you forever, like you're my fucking idol and I really didn't want it to go down this way. Like, oh my god, like to like simultaneously be like, yes, I won, but also like I am so sorry. Like, right, right. Like she just handled it so well and was so fucking funny about it. Yeah. It's like, I have an Oscar now, okay? That's how that is, yes. <laughs> This is not going to happen again. I mean, I do love that it's like, oh, you play a queen, you win an Oscar. <laughs> At this point. Yeah. Basically. So that's what Glenn needs to do. Yes. <laughs> she just needs to play the queen. Oh, my God. Olivia Coleman's dress I found interesting. You know, this sort of like emerald green with this sleeved pashmina. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was kind of here for it. Did you notice that it looked, it very much looked like Alfonso Cuaron was texting during Rami Malek's speech? <gasps> I don't know, but it very much looked like oh it. Oh my gosh. Maybe he was watching Roma. Just like on Netflix. The way it's on meant phone, to be like, seen. 
oh, just like, I got to get into this one more time. Oh just just because. <laughs> well, it's interesting because it's so one for best foreign. Mm-hmm. It could have conceivably won best foreign and best picture. Yeah. That's crazy. It is crazy. I just was like, oh, yeah, that Mexican film studio, Netflix. What? Well, because it won, Roma won best foreign like you know it's like from mexico oh sure and it's yeah, like yeah, guys yeah. this is a netflix movie what are we talking about so are we done talking about glenn not really um no not really also i lo- <laughs> I do love that olivia gave us just ending a, a sentence with lady gaga oh thank you so much um, lady gaga she's so fucking fabulous yeah. it was a great speech and it, she's wonderful you know s- someone else might have angered the gays let's just say sure, you know for sure, winning over Glenn sure, like I was like ooh hopefully she's not gonna just be remembered as like that lady that stole Glenn Close's Oscar but I think this speech really like let all that sort of tension out of the air Absolutely. and it's just like oh you know this is she's fabulous yeah. well, actually, maybe oh, so she'll get her own following we haven't really talked about the favorite Oh, that's true. I saw it and I thought, oh, Averill's not going to really like this. You were correct, sir. I mean, so it's the same director as The Lobster, which neither of us really cared for. Although I liked the beginning of The Lobster. I liked the first hour. Yeah. I felt like it then went off the rails. Yeah. With, I don't know, with this director's movies, whose name I'm not going to bother to butcher. Um, He's Greek. It's really, I'm just going to butcher it. So Yorgos Maximus or whatever. There you go. It's not Maximus, but it is Yorgos something. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yorgos Lanthimos. Every time I watch his movies, I feel like I'm missing the joke. Like, I don't know if they're for me. I always feel like, should I be laughing? I'm not. Like, I don't know how I'm supposed to be feeling about it, sure. which is certainly a reaction. Like, maybe somebody wants that reaction. Sure. I just feel like ignored almost. I don't know. I'm often confused by his characters and like their choices and like yeah. the motivations behind what's happening. So while all, you know, the costumes were fabulous mm-hmm. and fucking Rachel Weiss and Olivia Coleman yes. are fabulous cunts and I love them. And Emma Stone was very good. Mm-hmm. I found myself. I'm sorry. I She's good. She's good, but she is not a fabulous cunt. No, I'm she's sorry. Not. She's, she's just, just not. She's just not. I found myself being bored and not really knowing anyone's motivation other than just sort of general power. Like there was no moment for me of like, oh, you one upped her because right. you're so manipulative because Queen Anne, the character, was so easily manipulated. Right. It was just like pay attention to her and she'll pick you. And so there was no like cat and mouse, you know, back and forth, like, ooh, I one up to you. I did this, I did that. Right. And like super in-depth manipulation, Machiavellian kind of stuff going well, on. Well, that was what really bothered me actually was at the end, spoiler alert, I guess, whatever, Rachel Weiss yeah. is like, oh, I think we should move to France and basically just gives up. And I was just like... Yeah. I mean, I think she realized like, maybe it was better not being with the queen. Like, haha, now you have to deal with her. Like, I mean, in the maybe. Long run. But no, I just couldn't figure out, you know, like when Emma Stone, I mean, spoil, we're going to get into spoilers. When Emma Stone poisons Rachel Weiss, mm-hmm. it wasn't like some secret. Like she comes back and immediately is like, you poisoned me. Right. You know what I mean? So it was like, well, what was the long game here? Did Emma Stone think she was going to go for a ride and fall off her horse and get locked in a brothel? I don't think so. <laughs> she acted surprised when she was gone for three days. So right. did she think that was she, she was just going to be die? sick in bed? But if, if Rachel Weisz hadn't gone on that horseback ride, she would have just been like in bed and then been like, 
Emma Stone, you poisoned me. Like, right. So I just couldn't figure out like what the plan was. I was like, are you bad at the plan? What's ha- what is the plan? You- I like a plan. You know how I like a plan. <laughs> you do this, and then you do this, and then we do, and this, then we do this, this, and then you do this. I found this movie frustrating. I get that. And I hated the fish. Oh lens. my god. The fact that it was nominated for cinematography. It looked like Oh, we had to film in a real castle and the rooms weren't big enough, so we had to use a fucking fisheye lens to capture the whole room. I was like, what is this? That is exactly what I said. Oh, good. I'm glad. I literally was like, do you think it's just because they they had to find a way to fit it in the room? Because then there was like a couple shots outside that were fisheye. And I was like, is this a theme you decided on because of the rooms? Or did you just think this was a good idea? Either way, it was a bad idea. I just, I mean, I'm here for the subject matter. I'm here for the costumes and for the women and all of it. But I found myself, like, bored and not really interested in, like, who was I rooting for? Uh, you know, I was just kind of like, eh, I get it. sorry. Sorry, everybody. I know you all really liked it, but it wasn't for me. Yeah, no, I, I, I fully get that. I liked a lot of parts about it, and I thought they were all fabulous. Mm-hmm. Well, and the more, like, they showed all the best clips last night. And I was like, oh, I like that scene. And like, oh, I like that scene. So I didn't hate it. I just didn't really like it that much. Right. There were a lot of fabulous scenes, but then the scenes that they didn't show were where it was like uncomfortable or awkward or boring. Strangely enough, my favorite kind of part of the movie was Nicholas Holt. Really? (laughs) Because he he was in the movie I liked. He was in this over-the-top, rich, you know, what do we do with our time? Let's throw tomatoes at this naked man. He was in the sort of, like, opulence of it all right, movie. Right, That I was like, oh, I, you're making, like, commentary and, like, I can get into this. And, like, the weird dance that him and Rachel Weisz do. Oh, my I God. I was like, yes to this. And so, like, those scenes I was invested in. But then there would just be a lot of machinations of nothing happening. Sure. Him pushing her off the cliff all the time. Oh, yeah. Again, I just felt alienated. Like, I don't think I get this. And I'll be honest, I think a lot of people didn't get it, but they just thought it was, like, weird and arty and liked it because of that. Well, well I'm, putting, I'm putting it out there. I saw it in a theater full of elderly people, and they were all like, oh, wow, that was something. You know, I'm like, you just like this because it had lesbians and you feel cool for watching that movie. <laughs> putting it out there. Putting it out there. Oh, my goodness. So then, best director, Alfon- it was a good night for Alfonso Cuaron. He cleaned up. Even though I, I have not seen Roma, it seems like it's a very personal story. Obviously, it's based on his real life. Yes. And he wrote it, and he directed it, and he did cinematography. The cinematography, and he produced it, you know, all of the above. So I think It was making me think of uh, Barbara. Exactly. <laughs> I was like, is he going to show up as nominated for makeup and hairstyling, too? Oh, my God. He used his own clothes from his closet. Exactly. Oh my so I think that's what most like people were responding to. Sure. It was a very personal piece of work. It seems. Yes. Again, yes. I, I have not seen it. <laughs> I just, um, I have not seen it either. I've heard a lot of mixed things, whereas everything that I've heard about Black Klansman has been rave reviews. Yeah. And so, I just I felt mean, like it was his time. It did. It felt like, I think, partially, maybe the problem was he, Spike Lee, also felt like it was his time. Yes. Because, oh boy, was he pissed oh when he God. lost. We haven't talked about Black Klansman. So I, I did, I watched Black Klansman, and I really liked it. The story is fascinating and it's sort of reined in spikely a little you know it's like audience friendly spikely so it's still edgy and everything mm-hmm. but it definitely feels more structured and more sort of mainstream for him mm. so john david washington stars he's denzel's son oh. and adam driver right. is in it and he was really i really like adam driver i mean i know like kylo ren's a disaster <laughs> But, you know, 
I don't know. I just find him intriguing. There's something uh-huh. about I, Adam Driver. I get it. I'm glad to see him doing more dramatic work where he's going to, you know, kind of spread his wings and get past Kylo Ren. Right. He was really, really fabulous. Uh, Topher Grace plays David Duke in it. Oh. And it was so funny. I was reading about it and apparently Topher Grace was being interviewed or something. He was like, oh, I was in like kind of a dark place after having to play like David Duke. And he goes, to cleanse my palate, I decided to edit the three Hobbit movies, the Peter Jackson Hobbit movies into one movie. Oh. Oh my god <laughs> because you know he did that with star wars with the prequels oh he he did that <laughs> topher grace did that yes oh my god i had no idea which by the way it's awesome if you're a star wars nerd and you just want to forget about the prequels it's fabulous oh my god the job that he did on star wars i have not watched the hobbit ones because i don't really care yeah i don't care at all so i did that just cracked me the fuck up that he was like i needed to cleanse my palate so oh my i'll god. just re-edit this you know six and a half hour you know right that's so silly <laughs> no i think black clansman honestly probably should have won everything yeah because it was a fabulous story from like a really you know amazing filmmaker and the subject matter and it was powerful and the performances were good i i really enjoyed black clansman i thought it was great but there was something very special about guillermo del toro giving the award to alfonso absolutely you know? they had a really nice hug and i was like oh you know like that's it was a moment it was a good moment sure we're here should we talk about Can we just talk about Julia Roberts' pretty, pretty pink dress? Oh my god. She looked so fabulous. She looked amazing. I was gagged. Because, you know, like, I don't love Julia Roberts, but... She's she's a Ryan Gosling for you. Sometimes you're into it, sometimes you're not. No, not even. Mostly I'm just, like, not really here for it. I'm like... Really? You know, I I love her in in Pretty Woman. But but mostly I'm just kind of like, eh, I could take or leave you. You know, like, certainly leaving out Eat, Pray, Love. Oh... Boy. <laughs> but she just looked so fabulous. I was like, yeah. oh my God, Julia Roberts, you are giving me everything. She comes out to announce Best Picture. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was kind you know, there was no front runner, really. No, not really. And there was nothing I was rooting for, really. I mean, I was rooting for Black Landsman of the options, but there was no like movie I was like just so passionate about that I was like it's the best it has to win right which is why for Um, me I had said I was like just give it to Black Panther that sounds fabulous but that would have been amazing right it would have been so like that like then it would have been a moment but I don't think everyone in the academy is thinking about the moment no well so yeah so Green Book wins yeah I mean okay when you put it just just straight out on in a line on paper right Mm -hmm. okay so it's like of this year who made the best movie about race and the black experience was it ryan coogler was it spike lee was it jordan peele no it was peter fairley right who did shallow hell and there's something about mary you know what i mean so it's just like well i think comedy is underrepresented and should be taken more seriously absolutely and can people change genres and grow and move absolutely but like when you put it just down into the facts right. of like he was up against fucking spike lee yeah. ryan coogler jordan peele because jordan peele produced black Landsman too oh cool all of these different people i'm sure i'm forgetting people when you put it down like that it's like oh fuck it's the, it's the face plant emoji it's just like oh what <laughs> like really this can't be no this can't be happening yeah. is, oh, and God. then when everyone got up there oh, and they God. were all white men yeah that's what i mean where it's like you know if you're gonna tackle subject matter that you don't have personal connection to or personal experience with right surround yourself with people who do e- and who have exactly again i have not seen green book right i've heard <laughs> so a lot I of people really say. like it i hear it's one of those movies think, where your, your parents will love it you know i think it's a it's a crowd pleasing easy out 
I'm white, I'm not racist movie. Right, right. I was also waiting for Julia Roberts to come out and be like, oh my god, you guys, I'm so sorry. It was Black Panther that won. Oops, I mixed up the envelope. I did a La La Land. (laughs) I pulled the La La Land, sorry. How fabulous would that be? It would have been so great. I mean, I guess I'll watch it at some point. Green Book. Yeah, I'm sure I will, and I'm sure it'll be fine. But it also, from what I've heard, is somewhat problematic in parts, particularly with race relations. And it's just like... Is this what we're doing? You know, there's been a bunch of stuff back and forth about how Dr. Shirley, Mahershala Ali's character, his family has said that, like, they got a bunch of the stuff wrong. And, you know, it's been back and forth. Then there was an interview that they unearthed of him saying, you know, no, they were really good friends. Him and his driver were really good friends. So there's all these different sort of conflicting reports and there was a thing about Peter Fairley being like, oh, I didn't, the people, the family members that ended up complaining, he was like, oh, I didn't realize that they were still around. And it's like, oh, well, God. maybe you didn't do your due diligence. Yeah. You know, there's just like a lot of weirdness surrounding it of like, you wanted to tell this story and you told it very much from your white male perspective. Right. And that's commercial. But rewarding it over something like Black Klansman and Black Panther is just like so extra salt in the wound. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah. You know. Ooh. Uh-huh. Can we talk about Glenn Close? <laughs> oh my god, Glenn Close. Glenn fucking Close. And Bradley Cooper's mom! Bradley Cooper's mother. <laughs> and she was wearing sunglasses the whole time, which made me laugh. Oh my god. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, there was, for me, there was some movies that I feel got left out and underappreciated this year. Yeah. Namely, Quiet Place. Yeah, uh, I, I was surprised by that. It. I mean, I guess it got nominated for sound editing, but... You know, horror movies, traditionally, like comedies, are underappreciated. Hereditary. I know you didn't love Hereditary, but I absolutely think that Tony Collette... Oh, absolutely. ...100% should have been nominated. Absolutely. And honestly, that movie should have been nominated. For all of our problems with it, it was fascinating and well shot and more interesting than a lot of the crap that was nominated. That's true. I would have put Hereditary up there. I would have put Quiet Place up there. I think Quiet Place was like... The tightest movie of the year as far as just pace, tone, um, performance, all of the above. Yeah. I really loved Annihilation. Nobody saw it. And I don't think anyone else liked it. But I really liked that movie. I've heard people say that they liked it. I think it was niche though. You know, like I don't think a lot of people did see it. I really liked Annihilation. I thought it had a real mood and and a tone. And I felt fully immersed in the theater. And there was like scary parts and good performances. And I thought that was a really cool movie. Nice. Speaking of Tony Collette getting shut out. Mm -hmm. I'm so mad that Kira Knightley didn't get nominated for Colette. I know. You know, we talked about We keep talking about it. But that's how much we liked it. We're the champions of this movie. I am appalled it was not nominated for Best Costumes. I know. And I think Kira really could have... I mean, that was one of my favorite movies of the year. It really was. was. fabulous. It's a great movie. It really was. And you know what's funny is that it's weird because Colette is plot-wise is very similar to The Wife. Yeah, it's very similar. But it's a much different story. Colette's a much better movie. I agree. And a more interesting story. Absolutely. I mean, the only thing about The Wife that I really liked was Glenn. I don't think anyone would have talked about that movie if it wasn't for Glenn Close. No, not really. Yeah. So, like, I mean, we we can talk about the wife more, but like, it yeah. was fine, and I, you know, I, I I left, and I was like, oh, that was a movie that happened, and Glenn Close was great. I thought it was sort of interesting to see, and who knows how much of this is like accurate, but like, sort of the Nobel Peace Prize process. I've never seen a movie about this before, and so that was sort of interesting to me. I like Jonathan Price. 
the guy who played the husband. Uh-huh. I like him as an actor. Yeah, he played a good asshole. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I thought they did a great job, like, working with each other. Like, they fed off of each other. Oh, my God. Well, I found out that originally it was supposed to be Gary Oldman. Oh. Which, I mean, you know that I love me some Gary Oldman, but I think that would have been a mistake. Yeah, I agree. I think that would have been Because he would have come off way more intimidating, way more violent, way more... I mean, he's a great actor, so maybe he could have, you know pulled it off but i just feel like jonathan price did a really good job of being sort of that like literary douchey like his brain is what's sexy right right there was something about the young guy that played him though too that was like weird it was like oh i was kind of into him i was like what's happening you're barely in this movie but i'm like yeah he had like a ben wishaw thing kind of going on there was something he definitely had something which helped because i did think for the most part they did a good job of not making him like a complete and utter fucking asshole who you were like i fucking hate you you're the devil he was gross and an asshole right. but you kind of understood why she stayed or why she originally fell in love with him or whatever like you kind of like got a window into yeah it. i thought they did a good job of that where it yeah. was like even like the back rub or whatever and obviously glenn's performance was great where you could see like she it was all in the face oh my god she just all of did those so much without of her. saying a word she was definitely the star of the movie and i thought it was like a good movie and very much a movie for right now you know women and yes and we're gonna like take a step out from behind from our shadow, husbands yeah. and all of this stuff but i do think colette was much more successful oh, and more interesting and more, much more interesting it, it tackled more and her sexuality exactly. and like the era and the clothes and yeah she owned herself like spoiler alert for the wife after he has his heart attack, I was like, ah, fuck. Now she has to kind of martyr herself again and be like, oh, I feel guilty because I like basically, you know, induced his heart attack. And then now she can't be like, I wrote it all. I'm, I was the one, you know, behind the curtain or whatever because they'll just refute it because he's dead. Like it was a weird, I was like, no. Right. It wasn't the ending I wanted. I agree. So I also finally ended up seeing Isle of Dogs. Oh, did you? Even even though even though I was like bored in the trailer. Yeah, and it is exactly what I expected. You know, it's a little Wes Anderson movie that's beautiful to look at and a little boring and just very nice. I liked it more than I thought I would based on the trailer, but I didn't. I wasn't obsessed with it. But it looked visually. I mean, his worlds are so rounded out. It's amazing. That's really true. I mean, he's a really great world builder. There was a weirdness of. So all the dogs speak English, even though they're in Japan, but all the people speak Japanese. And at some point, one of the dogs is even like, oh, too bad we don't speak the same language. Wait, do all dogs speak English? Is dog language just English? I wish what they had done is had a moment of, outside of everyone in the scene, have the dogs being like, bark, bark, bark. Right, exactly. The person being like, I don't know what you're talking about. And then be like, bark, bark, bark. And then come back to the dog being like, man, he really can't hear what I'm saying. Bark, bark, bark. Yeah, yeah. Had they made it that... It would have, I think, cleared up some of the, like, huh? Sure, of it all. Sure. No, I thought it was, you know, it was exactly what I expected. And you wouldn't like it because you didn't like Fantastic Mr. Fox. And it was essentially the same. Cool. Same-ish. Great. So I'm good skipping it. You're cool. Mm-hmm. I didn't think you'd like it anyway. But I was dazzled by the visuals. Well, sure. I get that. Oh, and Jeff Goldblum's one of the dogs. Oh, my God. This was my favorite part. All of his lines, he just keeps showing up and being like, hey, did you guys hear the gossip about so-and-so? Blah, blah, blah happened. Oh hey, did you guys hear this gossip about blah, blah? And they keep being like, where are you finding all this gossip? Who's talking to you? And he's just like, people talk to me. I have, a, I have one of those faces. People like to talk to me. I don't know. They tell me their <laughs> secrets. But he's just like, all of his like, hey, did you hear the gossip about so-and-so? They're dating with this. Blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, oh <laughs> it gosh. really made me laugh. Like so that, that was my favorite part. Cool. Of course, Jeff, Jeff Goldblum was my favorite part. Of course. So another one that I thought was kind of interesting that didn't get any I mean, I really don't think it got any recognition at all. Searching. Yeah, I think 
I think I probably would have nominated this for editing. Oh, yeah. So the whole movie takes place on different screens or computers or phones or, right. you know, text or Skype or secret cameras. That was stupid. Yep. And it was just a very tightly paced, well done thriller that, you know, somewhat falls apart at the end. A little, a little bit, bit. But I still liked but I thought, it. I really liked it. I thought John Cho fucking talk about oh, selling wow. a movie. Yeah. Like if it hadn't been for him. Oh my gosh. And I mean, Deborah Messing was miscast and um, really weird. Really weird. She was horribly miscast. She's like the police detective and it seems wrong the whole time. Yeah. But then when they're, I mean, one of the conceits of the movie is that everything's on a screen. So at like one point, John Cho and his you know, detective looking into his daughter's disappearance or like Skyping. Skyping. And I'm like, yeah, I'm just not thinking that's how that works, but sure. <laughs> right? Like, I, I mean, whatever. It's certainly somewhat a fantasy. Yes. But I thought structurally it was really cool and interesting. And I thought John Cho, I, honestly, I mean, maybe I would have nominated him. I thought he was fabulous. I would be down with that. I thought he was really yeah. amazing. Without him, there isn't a movie. Oh, no, not at all. So. Yeah. Without him, I, it's I, just a gimmick too. Like. Exactly. He, he brought it beyond the gimmick. Yes. And elevated it. And I really appreciated that. And I think he's fabulous. I agree. So yeah, that was just a couple of the movies we watched over the course of the year. It was a, a weird Oscars, but also a kind of cool one. Like I said, there was a lot more women, diversity. The outfits were very fluid. I, I, I was here for a lot of it. I was here for a lot of it too. I just, I think the biggest thing was that I didn't really care about most of the movies. I don't know why this year was so disappointing. Like for some reason, this year just kind of sucked for movies. Well, and the thing, oh my God, I read about the wife. You know, they filmed it like two or three years ago, but they oh. specifically held it so she would have a better chance of winning an Oscar. Oh, oh my God. no. Because I think like Francis was sweeping and they were like, oh, that's not going to happen. So <sighs> let's hold. Yeah, right. Oh my God. <sighs> the plot thickens. It just keeps getting worse and worse. Oh. She'll do something else. Fabulous. Yeah, she's amazing. She's so I'm sure. Glenn motherfucking Close. Exactly. And we love her. We stand Glenn Close in this household. But we also stand Olivia Coleman. Oh my god, absolutely. And Lady Gaga, I'm not gonna lie. I mean, I don't think that's a stretch. No, I don't think people are going to be shocked that I'm like a, a Lady Gaga fan. Anyway, well, thanks for joining us on our second episode of Let's Have a Kiki. Yeah, this one's going to be much longer than others. Yeah, this is actually a lot longer than we intended. So that's exciting. Yeah. Oh, also, wait, we didn't talk about the fact that I met John Legend. Oh, you like met him, met him. Yes. Oh my God, wait, I also didn't tell you the best part of the story too. I met Candy Spelling. Oh, um, really? Because... I, her escort assistant person that was with her okay. had a, a sequin jacket that was very much like mine, but probably uh-huh. $10,000. Sure. And I was like, oh, we should like take a picture together because that's crazy. As we're taking the picture, like afterwards, she goes, hi, I'm Candy. Spelling. And I was just like, oh, hi, I'm Andrew. <laughs> Galdi. <laughs> right. So that happened. It's pretty fabulous. Pretty fabulous. If I do say so myself. So cheers to all the fabulous cunts. Yes. And cheers to all the tuxedo gowns. Oh my gosh. Yes. And to Jason Momoa's scrunchie. Mm-hmm.